Blog Talk Radio. Friday evening on July the 10th in the year 2015. I'm your host, Larry Bavery, and we're right back here after a 4th of July weekend. I hope you all had a happy 4th of July. Now, people ask me, what was I going to do on the 4th? Well, I'm not going to go out to any of these big crowded things. I said, I'm just going to sit home, watch the neighbors shoot off their illegal fireworks, and that's what I did. I know from past experience, there's always going to be some people who somehow managed to get these illegal fireworks and shoot them off because some places have legal fireworks. I'm here in Virginia, and people go south of the border to North Carolina to get their fireworks. Or if they're in North Carolina, they go south of the border to South Carolina to get even bigger, better fireworks. So, what do you expect? There's this thing called the Darwin Award where people get the award for killing themselves in a spectacularly stupid manner, thereby taking themselves out of the gene pool and improving the human race. Well, we had a couple of those over the weekend. Here's one from Maine. A 22-year-old man died after he launched a firework off the top of his head. Now, we're not talking about little fireworks. We're talking about a mortar. Some of the stories said it was a In fact, it does say it was a mortar, too. You know the kind of big stuff they set off on the big shows? I can imagine what kind of impact that had, Newton's laws of physics. When you shoot this softball-sized shell up in the air, there's also going to be a pretty big impact. Well, we don't know what the injuries were. I'd give this guy a Darwin Award. But not just Maine. Here's another one from Detroit. We have to get this out of the Daily Mail from Michigan. A 47-year-old man died after a large firework. He says it was a shell. He was holding it in his hand and exploded near his head. And while I was watching these people set these things off, they wouldn't, just wouldn't light the fuse and run. They just sat right beside the rockets they were sending off into the air. So that's what's going on in the 4th of July. Now, I have a laundry list of things to cover, but I was looking through the headlines. And what do you suppose I see? After all this talk of global warming, they say... And once again, this is in the Daily Mail. You'll never see this in the American media. New study claims to have cracked the solar cycles. They say between 2030 and 2040, the sun will go to sleep. We could be heading for, quote, a mini ice age. Maybe it's going to be a big ice age. Now let's go 
to a documentary I played once before. Remember, in the 1970s, everyone was afraid of an ice age. The glaciers were going to be moving in. The magazines had all these stories about how things were going to be freezing. Just like now, they have things going about how sea levels going to rise. Things are going to boil. The oceans will boil. In the 70s, it was freezing. But the Back up even more at the turn of the century in the early 1900s, they were saying the same thing they were saying now about how all the ice was going to melt and we were going to have a big problem. Well, let's look at what they were saying back in the 70s. Whoops. No, that, was the, that, was the, that was the wrong sound clip. Here we go from 1977, the blizzard. In 1977, the worst winter in a century struck the United States. Arctic cold gripped the Midwest for weeks on end. Great blizzards paralyzed cities of the Northeast. One desperate night in Buffalo, eight people froze to death in marooned cars. Pat Bushnell was on the road that night. Traffic just absolutely stopped. I was afraid of being stuck in the car all night long with the uh, cold and the wind running out of gas. And then what? I think that if we had to go through a real bad winter, just like we just went through, I think we'd have to think about moving someplace else. Move where? The brutal Buffalo winter might become common all over the United States. Climate experts believe the next ice age is on its way. According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. Well, you heard that. Climate experts say the next ice age is on its way. It could be sooner than you expect it. And that's not so long ago they were saying that. Of course, many of the people alive now never heard that. They weren't even alive back at that time. So they can continue with their lies about global warming. Well, let's continue with another thing about the 100-year period. The significance of this catastrophic event is that within a 100-year period of time, that the glaciers could have readvanced over the surface of the Earth. It is possible that we may enter into such a cold climate almost instantaneously in the very near future. Almost instantaneously, in the very near future, the glaciers will advance all over the Earth. Now, here's what they say about weather data. Weather data from stations all over the Arctic is collected and fed into central computers. Balloons are launched every day to monitor the winds and temperatures at high altitudes. The data shows that average temperatures in the Arctic have fallen dramatically over the last 30 years. In most locations, the drop has been about 2 degrees centigrade. At that rate, the descent to ice age temperatures could take less than 200 years. It is not only the lonely Arctic that has cooled. The whole northern hemisphere is growing steadily colder. There is little doubt that someday the ice will return. At least eight times in the past million years, it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity. 
If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. During the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. Polar desert. Well, which way is it going to be, warming or cooling? Well, what they need is a carbon tax to enslave the Earth. The, co- the Pope is on board with global government now. So you'll never hear Ice Age now, except if you look closely in the media, they're talking solar minimum, mini Ice Age. So just keep your eye on that. The other thing, I opened up the headlines. And what's the thing about Donald Trump? Now he's having an event with thousands of free tickets, and the tickets sold out. No, they didn't sell out. They went. And now there's a secondary market. People are scalping the tickets to see Sheriff Joe Arpaio and Donald Trump. Now what's up with the Donald? Some say maybe he's a spoiler. I don't think he can get elected. In fact, I was quite surprised to see he was in the lead over the other Republican candidates. He's got lots of critics, but like Ann Coulter says, no one ever challenges him on the facts. They just call him names, call him bigoted, call him mean-spirited, call him this and that, but I have yet to hear anyone challenge Donald Trump on the facts. And I think that's where his appeal is. He speaks the truth, and he speaks bluntly, and I think that's because he just wants a soapbox to stand on and get publicity, get attention. I don't think he'll actually run. Some of the thinking is that he'll bail out at the last minute, leave Jeb Bush to be the candidate, and we'll have a Jeb versus Hillary election. Well, I've said it. Before, and I'll say it again, I will never vote for a Bush. I will never vote for a Clinton. The Clinton-Bush dynasty has to end, and it has to end right now. And don't forget, Hillary Clinton is brain damaged. That's right. She had a little fall. Something happened. She hit her head, and by accident, a slip or blackout, whatever, She got double vision, she had a concussion, and she had, if you see those pictures close up, with glasses with the prism lens to correct her double vision. So do we really want a president who's brain damaged? I don't think so, not to mention all the crimes Hillary has committed. Now, before we move on, let's call for calls. Anyone out there, anyone listening who has an opinion on anything going on, Currently, please feel free to call in. We'll be perfectly happy to take your calls because we've only got half an hour tonight, and I want to be sure if you want to call, you got the time. Now, moving on to the laundry list, there's this Confederate flag thing. They call it the Confederate flag, but it's really the flag of the Army of Virginia. If you look at the slideshow for this 
broadcast this evening. It shows what the real Confederate flag looks like. And I doubt if anyone would really recognize it as the Confederate flag. I saw some clips of these people in South Carolina debating it. And that, that, that one woman, she was just downright hysterical. I don't know why they get so hysterical. I mean, it needs to be something done with great deliberation. People call it a symbol of hate. I think what it really came from is the treatment the South got after the war. Instead of trying to patch things up, bring the country together, the carpetbaggers went down to the South and just tried to loot the whole place and take what they could. And even before that, don't forget the war crimes of General Sherman. They call it the scorched earth policy, where they just went through, cut a wide swath, and destroyed everything in their path like a plague of locusts committed what would be called today war crimes, things probably like the Nazis did. So they've blown this thing up into a big issue, and it's just because they want to have an excuse to push the left-wing agenda. You really want some whacked-out kid that's doing roof to control what happens in the whole country? You really want to give him that much power? He sounds to me like another John Hinckley, and I think you're talking about letting John Hinckley loose on the streets permanently now. Remember, he's the one who tried to assassinate President Reagan, and John Brady also got hit in the shooting totally whacked out of his mind. He thought the assassination would impress Jodie Foster. This Dylan character, he's more of the same. And if the lawyers don't claim insanity, he's just totally whacked out. And the reason I say that is because if he really intended to do a mass assassination, you go in, you find your target, you, you start shooting, get the job done, and get out of here. But no, he went in there, he sat with them, talked with them, everything was nice, everything was going well, and then it's like the voices in his head told him to do something. It wasn't like he had it on his mind. It was like something happened. The voices told him to do it. Sounds like insanity to me, but what do I know? It's something for the specialists to start it out, and you'll have dueling expert witnesses. So we have that diversion going on, but what's really happening here? What's important? The Greek economy, it's in the toilet. They never should have gotten into the euro. They went into socialism in a big way, and they ran out of other people's money, just like they say happens with socialism. And now, their lifestyle is just totally gone. It's what debt does to you. It's what debt will do to the United States. Argentina went through this. Argentina used to be one of the most prosperous countries in the world. Ireland used to be the growing center of economic prosperity. What's happened to Ireland? 
so we have Greece and all these countries. They went on board with the euro and the European Union. Thereby, they gave up a large part of their national sovereignty. The European Union and their rules trumps whatever the parliament or the national governments of these various countries does. So the bureaucrats in Belgium and Brussels become the law of the land. Now you may ask, how does that affect the United States other than indirectly because the financial markets are disrupted? Well, here's what it affects. We're going down the same road. We have Obama negotiating the secret treaties, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, among other things that will put a lot of our laws in subservience to what these bureaucrats and these commissions say we have to do. They might come out and regulate guns, never mind our Second Amendment. But the big part is they are going to replace the dollar. You don't know that yet, but they're going to replace the dollar with this thing called SDR. And the SDR will be like a global currency for the Pacific Union. So we'll have the Pacific Union, the European Union, and all these little groups, and then they'll just gradually start merging things together until we have the planetary government, or so they think, according to the plan. Maybe the Greeks are too smart for that now. They Hell no, we're not going to pay the debt. And that's the only thing you can do is say, we're not going to pay because it's physically impossible to pay it off. It's just the new method of slavery. Now, we've got stuff going on in the stock market. The problem with the stock market is it's reactive. We've got these trading programs running a lot of trades on automatic pilot. So when the market does this or that, the computers fire off a bunch of trading orders and exacerbate the situation. So things start tanking, things start going south. The computers fire off these trading orders and they say sell, sell. And of course, supply and demand sell drives the prices down. So the important thing to do is not to panic. But the other important thing to do, since no one predicts the future accurately, is to diversify. No matter how diversified you are, diversify some more. You need to have your eggs in many baskets, so to speak. And you need to have something tangible. Because what's going to happen when the power goes off? What's going to happen when you can't get money out of the ATM because there's no power you can't go to the store. They can't take your payment. I'm thinking now's the time to get some cash and store it. They used to say, well, you put your money in the bank. The bank pays you interest. Well, now the banks aren't paying diddly squat. In fact, the banking fees are costing you money in a lot of cases. So better off little by little saving up a little cash, saving up coins, especially because they're to some extent tangible silver I'd recommend silver more than gold because what do you do in a barter economy you can trade silver but your gold 
the units of gold coins are just too valuable to use for everyday things. And maybe think, what will the items of barter be? Bullets, maybe? In prison, cigarettes are used as currency. In a barter economy, maybe bullets. The government's certainly buying them up in big quantities. In fact, I saw another purchase. So now I'll tell you what. Let's look at some more headlines here. And the CBO, this is from CNS News, Congressional Budget Office, debt headed to 103% of gross domestic product, level seen only in World War II, no way to predict whether or when physical crisis might occur here. So it's coming, folks. It might not come in, it might not be in yours or my lifetime, but it's coming and you need to think about what you need to do. You have to have an escape plan. Oh, here's another one. Uber seems to be all in the news lately. Seems a lot of people don't like Uber, that ride-sharing thing. A lot of people, like taxi drivers, it cuts into their livelihood, and governments seem to not like it. But now Mexico City says could be the first to globally limit Uber cars. That happened here in Virginia when Uber, and there's another service similar that's called Lyft, and there's a third one called Sidecar that's not available here, but they pretty much do the same thing. They have an app, and you need a ride. You bring up the app, and the call goes out to drivers who also have the app and register as drivers, and they come and pick you up, take you where you go, and the app processes all the payments, and, of course, Uber takes their cut. Now, where's the problem? Well, taxi drivers aren't getting their business. Governments aren't getting their cut of the action. There's this insurance problem. Who's insuring them? Who's insuring the drivers? Who's insuring the passengers? Well, that's kind of unsettled. I know my own insurance company said if you're driving for one of these services, you're not covered not covered by them. So if you're not covered by Uber, then I guess you're driving without insurance. The other thing is now, are these drivers employees or are they contractors? Now that's going to be a big legal issue because if the people who drive for these services are employees, then all the laws go into effect like workers' comp, minimum wage, insurance, benefits. If they're contractors, well, then they're on their own. The appeal for driving is that if you want to work part-time, you got some free time, you set your own hours, drive when and where you want to. So it's in a way, it's a liberating thing to be able to have a small business on the side, can you make money at it? I don't know. The expenses could be substantial. Now, last thing up, there's this thing called Jade Helm. 
And what's Jade Helm about? It's a military exercise, heavily scrutinized, where the military is going to go out in certain southwestern states and do military special operations things. And here we have from none other than the liberal Washington Post, they call Jade Helm 15, the controversial special operations exercise that spawned the wave of conspiracy theories about a government takeover. But then embedded reporters won't be permitted at any point during the exercise in which military officials say that secretive special operations troops will maneuver through private and publicly owned land in several southern states. So what are they doing then? I mean, they let these reporters go to all the places like Iraq, Afghanistan, and of course they were all over the battlefield in Vietnam. So what are they hiding? They say all requests from the media for interviews and coverage of U.S. Army Special Operations Command personnel organizations and events are assessed for feasibility and granted when and where possible. Well, I don't know about that. The exercise is scheduled for July 15th through September 15th, including 1,200 troops. We've seen troops in the streets before, like the Boston bombing. They were going house to house, searching, violating the Fourth Amendment. So, it's not a martial law takeover. It might be an exercise to plan for a future martial law takeover. Just keep your powder dry, so to speak. Keep an eye on it. I don't think it's anything to be terribly concerned about this year. But after that, who knows? Now, before we're done here, we've got a couple minutes Let's see what else is coming up in the headlines. Mm-mm. Yeah, Dylan Roof. Well, he shouldn't have had a gun. The FBI dropped the ball. They failed to review his criminal records check and deny him the gun purchase, which they should have done because he didn't qualify to legally buy a gun. So some people are blaming the FBI Well, you can't depend on the FBI to do everything right. Oh, here we go. Illegal arrested for groping teens in wave pool. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of that. Illegal immigrants going here and there, violating the laws willfully, and no one's going to hold them accountable. Remember what Trump did. He he called them out and... Boy, you should see the firestorm he ignited. But we already talked about that. Here we go. Under fire for data breach, Obama personnel chief steps down. Well, I don't think you can expect someone at the executive level to know about cybersecurity or how to deal with it. So maybe this is just what you call finding a scapegoat. Yeah. The thing to be 
aware of here is that if they can't keep their system secure, how is Hillary Clinton keeping her personal mail server secure? Well, it's shut down now, but I guarantee you it's not. I guarantee you all the intelligence services world over were able to access that server and they access the server. They've got her emails. Guess what? And don't give me this crap about nothing was classified. Pretty much everything the Secretary of State does should or is classified. Hillary gets away with another one. Meanwhile, our own Governor McDonald, the ex-governor, lost his appeal. So for a mere 100,000-plus change of gifts that he accepted, he and his wife will be going to the big house. He'll go for two years. His wife is sentenced to one year. Meanwhile, the Clintons launder money big time, and they get away with it all. Well, that's all we have for tonight. So come back next week. I hope we'll come up with some great guests to talk about mandatory vaccines. So, 